When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are the Hairy Bikers. Guess what, I'm Dave. And you know what, I'm Si. And it's time once again for us to magically transform into <laughs> the Agony Uncles. Your hairy oracles, oracles, oracles even, of wisdom. I think oracle is, is some sort of shellfish, but never mind. <laughs> No, no, I found that. As I get older, I get hairy oracles. Yeah. You know, hair on my head goes, but my oracles are coming along fine. You know what you need? Manscaped, and that's what you need. Whoa, Manscaped, <laughs> get it on your oracles. Anyway, between us, we'll help you with your worries, because, as we all know, no flippancy here, life can be tough. One minute, you might feel like you're cruising down a four-lane highway on your superbike in the sunshine, but the next, it starts to rain. You've run out of petrol, and your wife's run off with Fat Eric from the chip shop. <laughs> we can help you if your wife's run off with Fat Eric. And if life comes and bites you on the proverbial bum, email agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And posing the problems today... It's that handsome master of misery, Jeeves. <laughs> oh, that's, that's something I like. Um, yes, hello, everybody. It's lovely to see you all. Uh, we should point out a couple of things here. Dave uh, sounds slightly different today, and the reason is he's in his giant Christmas tree room. and he's, So it's a big room you're in with a lovely flashing Christmas tree behind you. Did you decorate that, Dave? I did, actually, yes. Uh, as you may notice, at the top there was a star that's flopped, but it's shot to be replaced by... Me big fairy. Oh, look at that fairy. I am here, you know. There's no need to talk with the like that. <laughs> and uh, the other thing we need to talk about is the extraordinary postbag that we had about uh, you two when this podcast is being recorded. It's the Monday after your appearance on Saturday Kitchen, which was your first time on telly, uh, or t- the two of you together, actually, for a while. And, um, yeah, so many people outpouring of love. Was it a good experience for you both? Oh, it was joyous. Absolutely joyous. Yeah, Saturday Kitchen's always, you know, apart from the fact it's, it is a great show, but we're going back on it for, oh, 15 years when James Martin was hosted it. We've hosted it ourselves, but to go back as guests, and it was like my first outing, you know, I'm feeling better, my head's coming back, and, and to be there with Kingy was truly special. It was funny, after I'd read my little speech and I got back into the floor, Kingy went on to his thing, and I just had to kiss him, you know. I wasn't being theatrical or anything, that's not me. But it was just like, oh, bollocks, we're back, it's great. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it took me by surprise, because for 20 odd, for 30 years that we've known each other, he constantly goes, get off us! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least I'd come out on national television. Yeah, yeah you did, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Well, it was great. It was a laugh, you know, the um, <laughs> Ollie Dubois and, and Helen of the Wine and, and you know, Matt Tebbett and that. It, 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 and, and the crew there, it was a bit like family, wasn't it, Kingy? It was, mate. It was absolutely lovely. Old Lofty, there he was, out from his, yeah. out from his arch and cardboard box on, the, on, the, on, on camera four. He was, mate. 
<laughs> he's been yeah. there since he's older than religion lofty he's been there forever <laughs> and uh oh it was lovely to see him he's such a good man you, you know it's nice when the crew give you a cheer when you turn up you know yeah, uh, oh it's lush brilliant it was and you cannot have an agony uncles podcast without the one the only she is the only woman who king charles has to bow down to oh it's the tashest of the poshestness it's posh tash yay oh i'm running on a real high today i'm loving it it's nearly christmas it's snowing Si and Dave were on Saturday TV, which made my Saturday. Monday morning, it's the best Monday morning it's been for a very long time. It feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Great. I think you should just point out, it's probably just because Tash has got heating after the last (laughs) two weeks. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's that's what's made the difference. He's actually not shivering. I have to say it does. I just, we only got it back in last Wednesday, and I was just saying to to Mark earlier, I, I was just nearly not finding it funny anymore. 12 days in, it was nearly... Nearly had very, very grumpy Tash, I have to say. But I'm well oh, here It's all good. Well, Tash, you'd be hot stuff even in an igloo. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Although I do believe at the weekend I was referred to as a Bakewell tart <laughs> <laughs> by, by people we all know. <laughs> Barry. Barry. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Barry. Mm. Yeah. Well, Dave, get, let's get solving, bro. Uh, wiggle your jingle finger. Bang 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 bong 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 That sounded like a like you know, it was like a clockwork orange thing that going on there. <laughs> Hello hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. In today's pre-Christmas catalogue of catastrophes, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Postash, we have the following problems. We have Turkey Freezy Easy Peasy. We have the Christmas Party Pooper. No to his knives. And in confidential corner, the boss's wife. But we're going to start with this. Turkey Freezy Easy Peasy. He says, Dear Harry Bikers and the team, a quick question. On your last podcast, you mentioned how any turkey left from Christmas can be used in something like a turkey and ham pie. Now, my brother-in-law works for a butcher, so we always get a turkey the size of a small planet, which is great, but it means there's always stacks left over. So, question. Can you freeze turkey, and can you then defrost it a few weeks later and use it in a pie, or should you just make the pie with frozen turkey in it and cook it through? Love your work on Saturday Kitchen. That comes from Loz. Over to you. Well, also, I think if you've got a turkey the size of a small planet, what, what I've done in the past is try and think ahead a bit because I am I, I, fortunate enough to get a really, really nice turkey for a, a, a chap called Paul Kelly, wonderful turkeys down in Norfolk. If, say, all of a sudden, like during, well, last year when all of a sudden half the family got COVID and couldn't come, but what I did was then I jointed the turkey and then I kept it for a future date, say Easter, you know, so maybe wow. I had a crap. Christmas and kept the legs and the thighs and roasted them off at Easter. That was good. But, you know, conversely, sometimes like a, a big turkey pie or, a, you know, the, the, well, we, we do a wonderful chicken leek and ham or t- turkey leek and ham in a white sauce. And I've got to admit, I've, I've frozen that and in, in, in the fridge because the meat's cooked and it's cooked in a white sauce, but with raw pastry. Yeah. So really... You just have to cook the pastry and then that same with the turkey curry. You know, you can have bags of it or pots of Tupperware of it 
and it'll see you through the year. In some ways, uh, you know, I just don't, I think out of respect to a good turkey, you don't want to waste a gram of it. You just, know, it is good. And just to be clear, you would have to defrost it before you put it into the pie. Yeah. You can't just put, you, you, no, so it's only. absolutely fine to cook your turkey off. All the bits that you haven't eat, as Dave, as Dave said, you just bag, you can bag it up. Or even if you decide to put it in the sauce, you can bag it up in the sauce. But you have to defrost it. And then once it's defrosted, properly defrosted, then you can put it in your pie and cook it off then. And actually, all you're doing is actually heating and warming it through. It has to be thoroughly heated through because it is yeah. foul. It is turkey. much, And you treat it with the same head state as you would chicken. So just... You know, um, and just in terms of bacteria and all that, so it's really, really important that it's defrosted yeah, properly. Yeah, I, I would make the pie filling, and then freeze yeah. that pie filling. Exactly. And and then you you defrost that out, make your pie, and there's no difference between that and like a pie you get in a supermarket freezer. The meat will be cooked, and you're really just cooking the pastry off. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember it was funny we were on we were on telly the other week, one of the old programs, the Twelve Days of Christmas. And it's always shocking because it's pre-diet. Do you remember, Kingy? Oh, God. So we were both big lads. It was the one that you broke your ankle. You'd been knocked off your bike. So yes. we ended up on a trike. Anyway, mm. we're, well, they showed the bit with the uh, a partridge in a pear tree. And Jim McCallich will give the ideas of doing, like, pickled pears and a partridge. We went to Norwich with a guy who was the inspiration for Alan Partridge. Oh, by God. And we had those pastel jumpers. We looked a pair and did it. Um, but then the leftovers one came. Do you remember the goose? And it was six geese a laying or something like that. And um, that was the one whereby we used to have stupid ideas. I think you had a stupid idea. We're at a reservoir somewhere in the Cotswolds <laughs> that we could find out if goose grease, like in the old days, people would cover themselves in goose grease and swim the channel. Oh, my God. So, Kingy covered me in goose grease and he threw <laughs> me in the reservoir in November. <laughs> All I can say is it doesn't work. But Mr. King's goose grease, it's what came off his roast potatoes. So the thing is, I stunk of roasties for weeks afterwards. <laughs> then I had to stand there. Oh, with me underpants were sticking everything. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. <laughs> and we cooked a leftover. It was a goose and green peppercorn risotto. And it's damn good, that, actually, mm. to be fair. I, I couldn't get beyond smelling myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, why is it you constantly remind me of Sunday lunch? Oh, shut up, Kingy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're covered in goose fat, showering just doesn't cut it. No. It doesn't come off. I was waterproof. Oh, my dad was an engineer. I want to call it Schwarzenegger, but it wasn't. Um, Schwarzenegger or something, where it really... Schwarzenegger. And it goes through oils and everything like that. It sounds like you need to cover yourself in that. Schwarzenegger's also very scratchy, though, so if you do your whole body with it, that's going to be quite painful. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it is gritty, though. It is gritty. Yeah, it's all right on your leather-like hands, but not on your delicate nethers. No, hell no. Not on your oracles. Oh, no. oracles. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you're shellfish. No. Shellfish, be awful. I, I, I had head and shoulders in places that was way beyond the head and shoulders, I tell you. <laughs> I bought my son a mint shower cream recently, just to put in his, my teenage son, and uh, he came downstairs and was like, don't ever, ever buy me strong mint shower green cream again, ever. And he's always said, my bits are burning. Yeah. So apparently, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. It does. doesn't go mm. with your bits. No. No, neither does tea tree oil. Tea tree oil, oh, that's, no. That's mint, yeah. Ooh. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, who turned the temperature up? Ow, ow. Well, you see, the thing is, it can either be that or it feels like you've got a hole from front to back. So there's where there's just like this cold breeze that's blowing through it. And you just think, oh, dear. To be avoided. Uh, Loz, uh, you can freeze turkey. That's absolutely fine. But if you're going to make a turkey pie, then make sure you fully defrost it before you cook it in the pie. Food makes makes everything everything better. For our next problem, uh, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave are going to need one female and one male name. So one female name, Uncle Dave, one male name, Uncle Si, please. Beryl. Beryl. Sam. Beryl and Sam. So Beryl writes in the problem called The Christmas Party Pooper. It's fast approaching the staff Christmas party. Something I've organised every year for our firm. It's a small business in Chester. We've got about 12 staff. And up to three years ago, it was one of our favourite nights of the year. We'd all go to a little family-run Italian restaurant in a town about three miles from work. We'd have a nice meal. We'd swap some presents. Then we'd wobble down the road to a lovely guest house, another family-run place, where we'd settle in the lounge for the night for some games, some more drink, and finally stagger up to our rooms before sunrise. We've done this for years. Just before the pandemic, though, a new member of staff joined, a salesman, Sam. And when he came to the last party we'd had before COVID, he wasn't impressed. He complained to our boss it wasn't classy enough. We should aspire to something better, recommending a very fashionable restaurant and a nightclub afterwards. Sam's a bit flash, you see. The big car, the sharp suits, he likes us to know how much money he has. Uh, My boss, to his credit, has said, no, we need to support local businesses and the rest of the staff all liked what we used to do. But this has made Sam very grumpy. And to be honest, it's taken the edge off things for us. He'll probably be miserable the whole evening because when he's got a cob on, we all know about it. Any thoughts on how we might be able to help him enjoy the evening? Yes, suck him. Suck him. (laughs) Suck him. Get him out of there, the poisonous dwarf. Get him out of there. I think the boss should have a quiet word with him. You know, presumably the boss is higher up the food chain than Sam. So the boss needs to assert his authority and tell him he's ruining for other people with his disrespectful, hideous attitude. Yes. Yes. That would be the professional way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A Christmas party, you don't have to go to. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't go. Don't go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought also the boss might want to have a little think about who he's hiring. He's clearly hired a really amazing team until this point, and he's just made a bit of a mistake on this one, and he might have to think about it in the new year. Maybe he lets him know that. So, you know what, Tash? What have we come to the conclusion? Sack him. <laughs> See, I, I mean, you know, you might as well do it now instead of waiting until the new year. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's right. It, yeah. Teamwork is dream work. It is. I wonder, wonder why Sam has to do this. He's obviously desperately insecure, isn't he? He's got his characters, will he substitute and everything. Yeah. yeah. And look how much I've paid for that and this and that and oh. Yeah, yeah. He's never going to get anybody on the photocopier, is he? No. (laughs) No. Well, he might do if he went to the Christmas party and enjoyed all the booze that's going around and he tiptoed upstairs at the end when they all fall into bed. There you go. You never know. You never know your look. Is that what posh people do at parties, Tash? No. No. No, the pearls are a nightmare. You have to put them back in the box and all the diamonds. You, you oh, can't yeah. just fall into bed and hope. You have to make sure it's all put away properly and the, the staff are still there. So it's, it's tricky, you know, tricky. Well, yeah, yeah, particularly as they, as you walk through the door and they're taking the tiara off the top of your barnet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be fast asleep by the time it gets down to the nitty gritty. Oh, well, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. 
I do. I don't know if that's a story I should tell or not. I won't tell the whole thing. But there was a wedding. My wedding night definitely was. I've had my hair up. I got a hundred pins in it. I think you know. I got one of those dresses. Got a million buttons down the back. All looks lovely as you're coming down the aisle. But when you're a couple of glasses later and you're falling into your first marital bed together, it's it's not an easy picture. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you actually telling me you waited till marriage before you did it? No, of course I didn't. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, bloody Nora. <laughs> Now, especially well, I don't the think head, uh, many people many people do do thingy on the wedding night, do they? Because they're always knackered and drunk. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And and I've got yeah. a head full of pins, as it turns out. I did. Well, I woke up next morning just to say it was all too difficult. So I woke up next morning and I had such a painful head because all the pins were still stuck in in my head, Ooh. literally in my head. I sort of woke up and went, oh. "That was enjoyable, wasn't it?" I'm not. <laughs> Scabby oh, I, scalp. Oh, it wasn't my wedding, but I walk. I walk. I've been to a, wedding, a really good wedding in, in Romania, and they do this thing called it's like man dancing, where all the men link arms and dance around the violinist, you know, in a circle. It's like rigging of roses this way, oh, that wow. way. Very energetic. Well, I had a really stiff collar on, and I was determined not to take my tie off. And was that a euphemism? No. <laughs> anyway, I, I woke up the next morning. I thought I hurt my neck. I hurt my neck. Anyway, I tried to get up, and I couldn't raise my head. Um, my, my head was stuck to the pillow with blood. Because oh. what had happened is I danced so much, I'd worn the skin on my neck through. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Awful, yeah. All I had to do is what everybody else had done. He's like, take the, un- undo the ties and loosen the collars and get stuck in. No, I'll be English. I'll <laughs> dance till I bleed. <laughs> dance uh, till I bleed. <laughs> that famous disco hit. Well, appreciates that. Yeah, absolutely. That was, <laughs> there's commitment. Crikey. Um, okay, Beryl. Well, there we go. I think, uh, Beryl, your, your your choices are your boss can uh, either tell him to leave nicely or just sack him. But there doesn't seem to be anything, anything else in between time. But if he doesn't have a nice time, he's not going to get any loving. Yeah, I mean, he just seems a heinous individual. No, I just insecure. We all know people like that, don't we? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. We're going to move on to our next problem. Uh, this is called No to Knives. And uh, we need one male name for this. And that means we need to ask the person who loves coming up with male names. Ah, oh, she's doing the dance of I've got a name in my head. Go on. Noah. Noah. Oh, Noah. Oh, how biblical. (laughs) Well, Noah writes, Hello, Harry Bikers. A quick question. My son and his girlfriend are having us round to his for Christmas dinner. He's asked me to help with the lunch, because neither he nor his partner are very handy in the kitchen, whereas I, a proud owner of all of your books, love the cooking. So I'm delighted to help. I did the same the previous year. The problem is that as neither of them cook much, they have the worst set of kitchen knives in the world. They're not so much knives as a set of thin steel, blunt, wobbly, knife-shaped things that I'd be happy to give to their three-year-old son to use for his Play-Doh. There's no way he'd ever cut himself with them. I want to take my own knives. I invested in a set of Yaxel knives, which I find are just right for me. However, my wife says this would be the height of rudeness. 
and I should just make do with what my son has. What do you say to this? A happy cooking experience is at stake, says Noah. Over to you. Well, I mean, you've got a big boat with lots of animals to feed, so you've got to get through that first. <laughs> and, and then, two, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, bloody hell. One male, one female, there's all sorts of dynamics going on there. Yeah, and it'll be, I mean, wet, slippery, you know, yeah. lots of bobbing up and down. So, but, but take your knives. It's not the height of rudeness, he's your son. So, like, you know, take, just take your knives, dude. And yeah, just... get, get, get yourself on Tinternet and get yourself a knife roll. You know, one of those things to keep your knives that chefs do. Because chefs always take their own knives. Or even, you know, if you, if cooking's your hobby, you, you know, you've got your knives you can take with you. And yeah. it just makes life so much easier for yourself. Um, you get a cheap knife roll for next to nothing. And, you know, your knives are going to be safe. Be lovely. Or you buy, so you're not, you're not. You, you, this is this this is called compromise, which I'm learning quite quickly. <laughs> so what you have to do is you buy your son a decent set of knives for Christmas. You'll have ah. to give him a ten pence piece in silver first, and say, "Oh, son, why don't we check out the knives that I've bought you for Christmas?" Uh, and then he doesn't have to take his. His wife will be happy because he'll not think he's she's, he's he's being rude, and the world's a happy place. Do you know what's going to happen next, though? Is they're going to be so used to the blunt knives that when they've gone home after Christmas, they go and cut something, then all their fingers are going to come off. Got no, <laughs> no, no, the most dangerous thing in the kitchen is a blunt knife. Sharp knives are safer. Yeah, way oh. well, safer. They don't slip. You see? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Mike, do you remember that time we were on stage? in um, Newcastle, in, uh, in Newcastle City Hall. And I, I took the end of my thumb off. No. And I was bleeding profusely. I think my first line was, Kiggy, I'm on blood thinners. Anyway, <laughs> it was, everybody's roaring because they thought it was part of the act. But the thing is, they're chopping coriander, which was a garnish for somebody's dinner. And the tip of my thumb went in the coriander. And before I looked down, he'd whip the coriander off and put it on this woman's dinner. <laughs> And I thought, no! I started to want to sing that song. Every time you go away, you take a piece of me with you. Well, she did that night, the tip of me thumb. But the thing is, I couldn't stop bleeding, so I had to finish the thing with my hand held in the air and, and try to tip, tip, staunch the bleeding. And somebody in the pub said, oh, I thought it was brilliant the way you cut your thumb. It looked really real. It bloody was real. No, it was real. I mean, it, put, I mean, it was proper. It wasn't oh, like you took I mean, it was a, it was a bad one. The next day, I had to take me to the chemist, didn't you? Buy me all sorts of, of sutures and and dressings and everything. Oh, it was it was bad, dude. Proper bad. I was like, yeah. no way. Because I just thought, I, I actually thought he was just having a laugh. And I went, and I thought, this is genius. This is absolute genius. And he like, and then I just saw lots of like sauce, <laughs> body sauce everywhere. And I was like, no way. No, what? Actually, I did that when we were filming the North commercial, didn't we? Yeah, you did, yes. That was another stinker. Oh, God, that was I've a good one. careful. I'm just, I was just thinking, yeah. David, we've got episodes now, got, we've got the bleeding neck, we've lost the top of the finger. Anything else <laughs> yeah. we need to know about? Any, any other great sort of bleeds here going great, on? Great <laughs> injuries of our time. Someone went over the motorbike and lost the toe. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I think the, the, the original one was when I was a little boy, I was about three. I used to have a clockwork monkey. And I was always was a portly child who loved food. And my mum was making fish cakes, they were my favourite. Anyway, it was one of those monkeys. 
that you wind up and it plays drums and it's got like a wing nut key. And anyway, yeah. I was sitting there, sucking the key, dreaming of the fish cakes, and one gulp, that was it. And, and the key got stuck in my throat. So anyway, that, that was an ambulance job. And I was overnight, well, I had to have a faucet removal of the key from my throat, really. Oh. I've always been a liability, Tash. I really have. <laughs> but one word of caution. Never leave your knives in a sink full of soapy water. That is a catastrophe waiting to happen. Ooh. Why? Because you, you just stick your hands in the soapy water to wash them and put your <laughs> fingers off. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> See, it rusts them, but actually it's about cutting your fingers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was talking about an ambulance driver who said um, some, some of the most common injuries they go to is people, uh, dishwashers, where people have put their knives in upside down, so the pointy ends up the top. And then they lean ah. into the dishwasher. Yeah. You don't put your knives in a dishwasher. Full Not stop. good knives. Yeah. No. No. Nah. no. We've got steak knives in our, our cutlery drawer as well. Of course you do. We, we've also got quite blunt knives. I'm, I'm sort of slightly on... You know, we haven't got the sharpest knives. And I left all the steak knives in the cutlery drawer facing upwards. So my husband put his hand in to get something <sighs> else out. <sighs> he had a little... He had quite a sore hand the next day, I'll be honest. <laughs> You did well, that on purpose, didn't you? Yeah. you did. Wives do that sort of thing. <laughs> what that means, I. I remember once that, that I, I, you, you called me out once. You said, "Funny Kingy, we were doing some recipes, and I did that. You know, the sink was full of knives, and I put my hand in and cut myself. And I turned round and said, "How stupid to put those knives in this soapy water!" And he, he turned round and said. I hate to tell you this, Dave, but you put them in. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I, you know, cut myself, I made a fool of myself too. <laughs> well, that's some good knife advice there. And uh, Noah, uh, it's it's perfectly fine to get yourself a knife roll and take your knives along and don't worry about it. Or buy them a new set of knives for Christmas and then try them out. What a great idea. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't cool. get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the ugly uncle. It's time to head to Confidential Corner. And ding, this is ding, called... Ding, ding, ding. The Boss's Wife. I need one male and one female name. Please, Uncle Si, male. Uncle Dave, female. Uh, uh... Chris. Chris. Linda. This comes from Chris. Why are we laughing at Linda? That's a nice name. I don't know. You know I'm just thinking of Chris and Linda doing it. Okay. <laughs> well. Might be with the boss's wife, though. We need to wait and hear so. I was going to say. Uh, this comes from Chris. Dear Uncle Dave, Uncle Si and Posh Tash, I am in a rather uncomfortable position. I'd appreciate some help. In August, I started working for a building company. I'm a production engineer. I work on several building projects. I work closely with the company owner. He's a very successful self-made man, a workaholic, in fact who's always spinning a lot of plates, and my job is to help make sure he doesn't drop any. This means I spend a lot of time at his home, a massive house in the country that he shares with his wife, who's quite a bit younger than he is. She's always popping into the study I work in with tea and snacks. She's very nice. But one day last week, while her husband was on site, she brought me in a cup of tea, then sort of lingered around for a few seconds. Then she came over to me, sat on my lap, and snogged my face off. She then got up and apologised, saying she'd always wanted to do that, winked at me and walked away. Nothing's wow. been said about it since. Should I tell the boss? Asks Chris. Over to you. Oh, what a dilemma. No, you shouldn't say it out and just hope it all goes away and think it was a horrible dream. 
<laughs> Either that or she's going to have to find a new job. And yeah. it's really bad because she's compromised in no end, hasn't she? Well, yeah, she's, that was quite a selfish move, really. Because she knows I, she's in a position of power. I think I'd get up and leave. And then he'll say, why are you leaving? And he goes, oh, I feel uncomfortable around your wife. And mm. then maybe it flushes out that way and then it flushes her out. But if he stays and admits it, you know, she's get, who's he going to believe, her or him? Well, he's or, going to believe her, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, that's all really oh, horrible. That's awful. Wow. That's oh, an awful, awful thing to do. I think you've got that's to give it a chance thing. that it just blows over. And, yeah. you know, I have a quiet word with his boss's wife. I go, look, it's, I found it really uncomfortable. Um, so let's just forget it ever happened. That's it. Never should be seen, mentioned again. And that way he's going to try and take control of the situation. But I worry. She sounds like she clearly likes him, doesn't she? And she clearly wants a bit more. And I, she's clearly going to be looking for something back. She's not going to make sitting in that in her house that easy. It's not like they're in an office space. He's going to go to work every day dreading that door opening with a cup of tea coming in. And who wants to live like that? I mean, yeah. when a door opens and tea comes through, you want to enjoy it, not be frightened that you're going to have your face snogged off yeah, yeah. by the yeah. boss's wife. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, you want a hobnob. Well, yeah. Not a knob hob. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry. Knob, <laughs> not the knob. <laughs> Let's just stick with a hob, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, that's terrible. Yeah, I think you only have two options, really. Go and tell him that you need an office space because... Yeah, that's a good call. Or, and just, and, and like Dave says, you just got to hope that blows over. And but what she's... Chris doesn't mention is how severe was his response. Now, when this happens, he sits on the knee. You see, I think me being me, I, I, I would just bolt. Whoa, what's going on? But then, obviously, Chris let it get so far that she was snogging his face off. Dave, that's good detail. You're right, actually. So he can't have been that distracted. Maybe it's after the event when Chris is there with his hobnob. He's thinking, oh, dog, this shouldn't happen. But it's too late then, isn't it? One has to be quite reactive quickly. But but you, you see, the thing is that that's all down to personality type, though, isn't it? Because the thing is that she's in a huge position of power and influence. And she, she's compromised him. So she's gone there. He's just sat there and opened his mouth, I suppose. I don't know. And then, and then I don't know. I just think it's... What's going through his mind? Is he going through his mind and goes, oh, I better be nice to her, the boss's wife? Oh, you know, well, what would the boss say if I didn't? I mean, really? He's sitting going, shit, this is my job. This is the boss's wife. I need to back off. I wonder whether Chris, though, has made some signs before that to give her the confidence to do that. Mm. Yeah, there's two sides to every sandwich, isn't there? There is, yeah, and there's definitely a filling in the middle, which isn't is he, which yeah. is part of the problem. Yeah. Ooh. Oh dear. Uh, I, oh, I, I'd, 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 yeah. Can't win, I think. He loses his job. Mm. I've got to put a lock on the door. Practical, <laughs> practical, and just, and then open it by about just enough to get the tea through and a hobnob. <laughs> And then a hatch. Yeah, you just put a, He's a builder. He'll not mind. It's not his house, is it? Chris no, is well, Chris is seen as the victim, uh, but it's not his house. Um, or maybe he should never go there to work again. Yeah, I'm going to put yeah. okay, honest answer. He needs to go to the boss and go. 
I've worked in your house long enough. I, I, I want to do the job. It'd be much more practical if we could have an office space. I think office space is the right call, a suggestion. Yeah. And if the boss then starts challenging or he doesn't want to do that, and he chooses to leave and the boss challenges, he needs to go. I'm uncomfortable around your wife. I think she's making advances I don't really want and I don't want to be put in this predicament. I think I'll leave. You know, and if they fall out, they fall out. It's a shame that he's in this position, but that's the most sensible, isn't it? I think hiding is wrong. It's the most adult. But like I think I think Dave's mm. right in the sense that you should give it a give a chance to blow over. And if it happens again, then he's gotta go, listen, this is really uncomfortable. Mm. It's not right. I, I I feel incredibly compromised. You're in a position of power. I'm looking after me job. I've got a wife or kids or whatever. Um a mortgage, whatever. And and this is just not right. I can't I can't do this. Morally, I can't do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, give it a chance to blow. Have a word with her. Be really strong about it. Say it once and mean it. And then, if anything happens, then I, you just because if you're the if you genuinely Chris are the innocent one, and then you know you, you've got to just stick to the truth and go right. This is the way it is. It's over to you now. There you go, Chris. That's your advice for uh, your encounter with Linda. Uh, now, just before we finish this podcast, it's um, uh, next week's uh, podcast will be the uh, one before Christmas. Is when we're going to release it. It'll be. Uh, two days before Christmas, and so I just want to go around the room and just see uh, whether we'd all like to wear a Christmas jumper for the recording next week. And so, um, uh, Posh Tash, would you be happy to wear a Christmas jumper for recording next I week? I love Christmas. I'm a very happy person. I will be there with tinsel. Uh, tinsel. Uh, Uncle Dave, have you got a Chris tinsel Christmas jumper sort of vibe next week? Happy with that? Oh, yes. I think I'll probably wear a Christmas waistcoat and an appropriate hat. Sounds lovely. And, of course, we'll uh, put this on the YouTube channel. And finally, Uncle Cy, a Christmas, uh, Christmas jumper next week? Bollocks. <laughs> oh, there he is, your very old Geordie Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> Not even close enough to stick a hat on his head and force him either. Oh, no, I'll, I'll wear an hat or something Christmassy. Oh. It's with tinsel. It's just I haven't got one and I'm not buying one. That's for sure. Merry Christmas jump. Hey, you've got to be kidding. Excellent. Only if, hey, only if Jeevesy knits it. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll try and knit one and get it up to... Uh, your place before next week, like that'll happen. If, if your life's, life's in a mess, mess then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairy bikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. Remember to email the problems to agony uncles at the hairy bikers.co.uk. That's agony uncles at the hairy bikers.co.uk. And while you do that, let me remind you that there'll be a new episode of The Agony Uncles every Friday, even though it's Christmas. So, when the family have got you right on your nelly, there'll always be The Agony Uncles podcast for a little light relief. So, just follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss us. So, from Posh Tash, the Thin White Duke, and from us. Bye! Bye-bye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.